All right, everyone, and welcome back to the Effort Over Everything podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kleep, and on today's episode, we have a special guest, Annie Thorzutter. Now, Annie has been inspiring to me and many others for a very long time, but her most recent CrossFit Games accomplishments, getting back on the podium, was something that was just it was just incredible. My wife and I had an amazing time watching her jump back on the podium, compete in amazing events, but she's so much more than a CrossFit Games competitor. She's out there as a mother, as an entrepreneur, as a leader, and I spoke with her about a variety of different things today. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. I always love talking to Annie. I can't wait to talk with her again. Before we get into the episode, if you're a gym owner, make sure you check out the NC Fit Collective, and if you're an end-user athlete, you're in your garage, you're at your gym, you're looking to crush it with us, make sure to check out the NC Fit app. But this episode is too good to miss out on. Let's dive into an incredible episode with Annie Thorzotter. If you like it, please rate it, review it, share it, would really help out. Let's go. All right. So Annie, first off, thanks for uh, thanks for chatting with me again. It's always great to catch up. I remember the first time I met you, saw you, witnessed just how incredible you were was in the 2009 CrossFit Games uh, with your muscle-ups. And so there's <laughs> a lot to talk about. It's been a long road since then. You know, you've competed now, correct me if I'm wrong, 11 times at the CrossFit Games. You've gotten two firsts, two seconds, two thirds, which is just so, so cool. Um, I mean, <laughs> you, you, I mean, you've just been in the game. You're just the OG. I just, and I was so fired up. Like my wife and I, we were at the games and during your snatch event, I literally probably, I, I probably jumped higher than even you jumped after your snatch. I was so ecstatic for you. And, um, anyways, enough about that, but I want to start off by, by talking about, um, how has it been? Um, how's Freya? How's your daughter and how's life going right now? What's new since the CrossFit Games that happened a couple weeks ago? Oh, what's new? Um, yeah, been I traveling. Took some time what's off. Yeah, family time. I left Freya um, for two weeks to go to the States uh, to compete. And that was the first time leaving her, which is also really, it was way harder than I expected to. I didn't think I was going to be one of those moms, but it was very hard for me to leave her. She did fine, was with my mom, and she was super happy and great hands. Um, so it's definitely harder on me. Because um, she so, was yeah, a year at that enjoyed... point, right? Because she, she turned a year in August, right? Yeah, she turned one year old, 10th of August. Oh, man. That's such a huge yeah, blessing. Yeah, so one year old now. Thank you. So, yeah, I've just been enjoying spending some time with her. Then I got sick, and then she got sick. So we've just been like, yeah like this uh, for the past couple of weeks. And so talk me through that a little bit. I, I did have a question for you. Um, I, I know that in as Icelandic terms, the, the, um, your last name stems from your father. Is that correct? Is that, that's the way it works, yeah. right? Yeah. So I'm Thor's daughter because my dad's name is Thor. C- correct. And so yeah. with your daughter, um, her name, what are the origins of it? Because I just think it's such a beautiful name. I really do. And it's not very common here in the United States. Um, what is the origin of your daughter's name? That was the first thing that came to mind when I heard the name. I love it. Oh, so obviously I'm going into the Greek mythology, uh, Nordic mythology, and naming her Freya after one of the goddesses. Um, and yeah, and then she got my middle name, so Mist. And then she got Frederick's last name, Egidius. 
and then she that is like a middle last last name and then her final last name is Frederick's daughter so that automatically happens in Iceland that she becomes Frederick's daughter so yeah it came from there and it was actually really funny like it was hard for me and Frederick to figure out names because I like so many Icelandic names and he likes some Danish names and we wanted it to be a global name um and then we we thought of the name Freya and I've always loved that name uh, so we were kind of both stuck on that one, but in Iceland, you also, we always find some more names because we don't give the name until two weeks or a couple of months after, uh, giving birth. Oh, really? Because, yeah. So you wait and you try the name out. You don't tell anyone. It's like a big secret in Iceland, what the name is. Uh, so parents test it out and see if it fits with a kid and then they gradually decide what the name is. And then there's like a reveal of the name of the baptism. Um, so we had decided Freya. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we have a lot of weird traditions, but yeah, we decided Freya. But the funny thing is um, we had this app where we monitored her like heart rate and sleeping and everything. Like, um, uh, uh, I don't remember the name of that. Snusa. Anyways, and Frederick put it in on his phone and he wrote her name Freya without a J. And I was like, Frederick, you misspelled her name. And then all of a sudden we had this conflict of like, how do we write her name? All of a sudden it's not as global as we thought. I had never seen it written without a J. That's oh. like the old old way of oh, writing yes. it, the F-R-E-Y-A Icelandic way. Y-A, with, but you guys, okay, got it, got it, got yeah, it. Yeah, so it. we used the Y and a J. Uh, Frederick thought it was no J, just a Y. And that's apparently the American way of writing in. Um, so we went front and back with it, but in the end, I kind of got to have it, have it my way. And she has the old way of writing Freya. Yeah, I, lo- I love that. You know, here in the United States, people do come up with multiple names. And then sometimes when they see the baby, it'll maybe spark some kind of like, oh, that's it. But we don't really do, I mean, not traditionally, um, you know, wait a couple of weeks. Um, that's pretty cool, right? Is you try out a name and you just see if it fits and then kind of yeah. go from there. That's really that's awesome. Thank you for sharing with that, uh, sharing that with me. I, I had no idea. You know, I, uh, I was watching a Zac Efron's um, Iceland tour. I, I don't know if you've seen it, his documentary on Iceland, but man, he paints this picture of Iceland that is just something that is just remarkable. And all, from all the pictures I see and everything, uh, you have a beautiful, beautiful country. And I remember last time you and I spoke, I left there and I want to say I was with Ashley or I was with Ali, maybe I was with somebody. And the first thing he said to me after talking to you, he said, hey, one day Annie is going to run for government in her country and she's going to make a huge impact. And so <laughs> have you ever thought about doing any type of like, because um, you're like a, a, a national icon, I imagine, with what you've been <laughs> able to accomplish, the people you bring in. I want to talk about your business. I want to talk about the games. But have you ever thought of once CrossFit Games are not as prevalent competing, have you ever thought about getting in the office of anything like that? I have to admit, it has crossed my mind. Ah, I, I knew it. I, knew but it. <laughs> I don't think I will, though. I think I've already put, not that I'm putting a lot of strain on my family, obviously, because of what I do. But I think by going into government, you're putting a lot on your family. And I don't think I'm willing to do that part of it. Uh, I'm extremely interested in it, but I do make sure that my social media, like people that are following me 
they're following me because of who I am, obviously, but I'm not taking sides when it comes to politics and religion. I'm, I thoroughly enjoy talking about both of them. And I love hearing people's different, different religion. I love hearing and talking and learning about it. And I love hearing people's different opinion and politics, because I think there's always, there's so much to it. Like, as long as you know what you're talking about and you have some argument behind the things that you believe, I really enjoy that conversation, but I don't think I'm going to take it that far as to run for office, at least as it is right now. I don't think that's going to happen. I was going to say, if you do, I'd vote for you, but I can't really vote for you being here in California. <laughs> but if I was in Iceland, I would be voting for you. I think you would do a great job. I think um, you've been nothing but uh, incredible in everything you've ever pursued in the way you carry yourself. And I think that's one of the reasons why um, you're definitely a fan favorite. You're a crowd favorite. And um, I wanted to ask you, so you've competed at the CrossFit Games 11 times. This year was super special because you come off, you know, uh, just being a newer, you know, newer mother. Um, yeah. And a lot has changed. And so I'm wondering, when you look back on the last 11, 12 years, and you and I have competed together a variety of different times in a variety of different events, whether it was, you know, Team USA versus, uh, you know, Europe or, or in the games itself. What are there specific events that stand out to you? Ones that that are just going to kind of be a hallmark of what you remember 10, 20, 30 years from now, when you look back, what games stand out? Cause one would say, Hey, it was your two first place finishes, but I have a feeling it might not be that. So what stands out to you? There's like, like you said, there's certain events that stand out to me. Uh, obviously the first one being my first muscle up ever. 29 that's like one of one of the experiences i'll never forget and one of the things that lit fire in me for crossfit they they that made me continue and want to try more um it it triggered me as an athlete yeah um not being able to do more i think a lot of people look at it and they're like oh my gosh she got her first one that's amazing for me it's like yeah i got my first one but i also i didn't finish a workout i got a dnf in a workout Right. And that made me want to work really hard for next year. Because you had to do 15. Um, for those who are unaware, uh, the event was a chipper style. So you start off with a variety of different movements. Um, I want to say the muscle-ups were somewhere in the middle, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah. then you, you finished with like a walking lunge. And you and I were both there. It was an incredible event. Um, but you only – but at the time, getting your one was a big deal. But, yes, you're right. It was a DNF because you didn't accomplish the full workload. So – um, yeah. yeah tell so me more it was about like, the, it was yeah. a huge accomplishment and amazing, but I also didn't finish. So I think that like, it will, it had this like mixed emotion to me. I was so happy and excited and proud to have competed, but it also gave me that kind of fire that I had to work hard to become good at this sport. Um, and then obviously winning the CrossFit games for the first time, like I'll never forget that experience. Um, ton of hard work and so many people that were with me that year supporting me and with me like it kind of started it it gave me the opportunity to be the athlete that I am today and the person that I am today it gave me that like I've never been in it for the price purse and the money but by getting the price purse that year it made me I didn't have to convince everyone that it was okay for me to continue competing. I was going to become a doctor, but by getting that, it was like, okay, I bought myself at least a couple of more years of doing what I wanted to do. 
Um, and that was continue my CrossFit career. So it, it gave me that. Uh, and then obviously it's going to be like, there's like these moments, 2012, I remember the handstand push up deep, deep ball oh, event. Like that was a Friday oh. night event. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. That was a good one. Also, because at that point I had given up on winning the games and I've been so miserable for the first part of the games that year, like with the pressure of having to win again. And it was, I feel like I found myself as, as an athlete. So like I have a ton of these experiences, but I think what is for sure going to stand out when I'm old and thinking back, it's going to be, uh, the snatch this year and it's going to be uh finishing uh the games this year like yeah. just i'm not gonna start crying right now but like letting myself feel these emotions again gets me it really gets me because it meant so much to me like it was i feel after i've always been an emotional person but after having freya yeah. my like hormones and everything like my emotions <laughs> are up and down up and down and being away from her was so hard, but it, it was, it's hard to describe to people, but getting to compete again, not that my goal was always to compete at the games again. It wasn't honestly this year, it wasn't to compete again, but to become me and feel like I had control over myself again. And I finally, like I have made it. I, that was never a goal for me to make the CrossFit Games, but I had made it as the athlete me again. I could feel myself again. I could push myself again. And I took in every single moment at the Games this year. I cried a lot because there was a lot that was going on. I missed my baby. I lost my grandma. Like there was a lot that happened, but I also enjoyed every single event this year at the CrossFit Games, every single event. That's good. I mean, and I let it just show. I let everything out there. You did. And and people saw that. So I'm sorry to hear about your grandma. That's, that's t I'm sure the timing wasn't ideal for that. It's never, it never is, right? It's never is. Yeah. But she gave me a lot of strength as well. She, she, she was watching me. She was there with you. I, um, yes. you know, talk about emotional. I think, I think that that's part of what, what, we loved about watching you this year, at least, at least for me, right? When I look at people like you and others who I, I know personally, but also on the floor, showing that emotion is just so valuable because it shows that you're human and you're not robotic. You're, you're, you celebrated more than I, I, I think I've ever seen you celebrate. And it was just beautiful to watch. And the Snatch event in particular was just super, super special for all of us to watch. And I, I thank you for allowing us to be a part of that because we kind of saw what you were talking about, right? We were able to get back to this, you know, you, you've been this superhuman for so long. You had a baby. Obviously, having a baby is not easy. I've never had one myself, but I've watched my wife give birth twice. <laughs> no, it wasn't and, me. <laughs> and, and, you know, you go through so much, right, as a new parent and all this stuff. And then to be able to go on there and get back on the podium, you know, I heard you talk about it. I do want to um, kind of go back to your um, 2011. But before we go there, um, I heard you talk about it in terms of like separating the games out. And I know exactly what you're talking about because of the cuts. It was more like, yeah. hey, get through this cut, get through that cut, get through this. And I thought that was a really cool way to look at the games where you almost broke up the games into micro games. Um, is that the way you kind of like stayed composed throughout the whole thing is you broke up this massive 15 event, you know, uh, 
event for lack of a better term into like small segments and you're able to get like kind of micro wins along the process. Was that really helpful for you? I imagine this year. It was super helpful for me this year because 2019, I didn't even want to talk about that. I thought that was a shit year. Like I was in such good shape and getting caught and like being so close on the line and getting caught in like a freaking sprint event. And we didn't even get to touch a barbell. Like, yeah, I'm all like cuts can be there. But then you also need to have a good test before you do the cut. So we don't, we don't have to go there. I'll set my opinion on that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but I, I like, I didn't like the way that I felt uh, that year at the games. It was so disappointing. Uh, so this year goal this year was, I was not going to get a cut. I wanted to try to be in final heat and I had a big goal of wanting to be top 10 of the games, but obviously it's all, it's out of your control. You have to just take it. We always talk about one event at a time, and I absolutely did that. But you still always think about the week, like the weekend and finishing. And it's like 15 events, like, oh, shit, but I'm already tired. But there it was like, okay, my first crossy games are the first nine event until the first con. And then I get to do the run that I was terrified of, and I'm always terrified of. I get to do the long run. And it was a different feeling from being like, oh, shit, thinking about the long run when I was doing some of the other events, like it wasn't even in my mind until I finished the nine events. And I was like, okay, I made it to cross the games number two. And then when I finished the run, it's like, okay, now there's only five events left and I get to do them and I get to enjoy going through all of those tests. So that was how I broke it up. And it was super helpful for me. And I also, what was really, really helpful for me this year was I kind of put myself in different roles. Not that it's like being an actor, but it's me as a person. I have a lot of different roles and it's been hard for me to, um, I don't know the English word for it, like put it into compartmentalize it. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. I think, yeah. I think that's what you're trying to say. Yes, yep, yep. Yeah, so like I'm a daughter, I'm Frederick's spouse, I am a mother now on top of it, and I'm an athlete. Yeah, and you're, you're an and entrepreneur I, too, which I definitely want to talk about, of course. Yeah, so it's like I have all these different roles. We're building a house, so it's like I, I have so many things going on. So at the games, it's like, okay, every single morning, I was a mom. I did a phone call with my daughter. I FaceTime with her talked and had that time I hung up I had my three minutes of if I had to cry I cried and then I took a few deep breaths and then I was like okay now I am Annie the competitor and that's what I'm gonna be for the next event and then come evening I can be the girlfriend that needs the comfort the treatment the eating like I can let myself go and then come the next day, I'll go next back into the other roles. And it was really good for me to get there because it put my mind straight before every single event. It's like, okay, now I'm pushing that to the side. My daughter is not here. I don't have to think about her. I don't have to think about anyone else's feelings. I am Annie, the competitor, and now I get to compete and shine. I love it. Yeah. Segmenting it out. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I could relate in some ways, um, you know, just because sometimes you get so wrapped up in, in you, you, you're not just an athlete, right? You have so many pieces of who you are, which, which is a good thing, right? Because you, you identify as more than, 
Yeah, you identify as more than just an athlete, of course. Um, but I think reminding yourself of that is huge, especially when you're away from your family. That that I don't I don't know what that's like to be competing that far away for that long. But I imagine that 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 plays a toll. But you were obviously able to compartmentalize well. So congratulations for what you're able to do. And now you're back at home and you're able to spend time with your family. And you know, going back to 2011, um, when you did win, you won that big prize purse. At the time, I want to say it was probably 200,000. I think Reebok had came in in 2010. And so I think in 2011, it was, it was a couple hundred thousand. It was a lot of money. It was, it was enough. Yeah. To, and so the pressure was, you know, Hey, is this CrossFit thing going to be like a real profession or, or whatnot? I imagine from your family or internally, you kind of put on yourself. And so yeah. do you wonder if you hadn't have won that year, do you think you would still be competing today? I'm just curious. I don't know. If I wouldn't have won that year, I would have won the year after, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, you're right. That, that is true. You did win the year I can, what I can say is I would not still be competing if it wouldn't be for Frederick, my parents, and my coach. Yep. Like, it is the team. It's the people that you surround yourself with. It's my physios that have taken care of me, like, that got me back after my back injury. It's like, Yes, it's an individual sport, but man, it's not like, yeah. uh, yes, I am the one that puts in the hard work, but it's with the people around me and the support that I got that I'm capable of doing so. Um, it would have been hard for me to maybe continue competing if I wouldn't have at least gotten sponsorships and like I... <sighs> I don't like thinking about competing at the games uh, about the price purse because right. that's it's a way for us to continue competing, but that's a bonus. I feel like it should be um, a great bonus, may I add, and it needs to be there for us to continue competing and it needs to go further down. And that's a completely different thing. I feel like more athletes should be getting paid more, uh, but it should be there. There's a lot to go into when it goes to that. Yeah. But I think for for me to have continued, obviously, I had to be earning to justify me continuing to campaign. I want to touch base on two things. I think one, we, we got to get into the idea that it takes a whole tribe because I, I think eventually there'll have to be these conversations, which I imagine. Um, well, I'll just ask the question. So with my wife and I, when I was competing, I would have like annual conversations. I mean, obviously, regular conversations, but about, hey, are we ready to compete again? Because it was a whole group thing. So yeah. do you and your team, like, um, you know, Frederick and your mom and whoever else, do you kind of sit down once a year and say, hey, are we prepared to make the commitment? And, and at what point does that happen in the year? Because you just came off the games. Obviously, you don't even really want to have that type of conversation. Um, but at what point do you start saying, hey, you know what, we just have too many balls going. We have too many things. We need to kind of slow this down. Do you guys have those type of conversations about how many yeah. years, what are we going to do, et cetera? Yeah, absolutely. Not how many years, uh, ever since I had my back injury, it's never been how many years it's been. Are we doing it again this year? Because I feel like I can think like, Oh, I'm going to do this for three more years because I don't know what's going to happen. Right. But I can think after this season, after competing, we sit down and we make a decision for the next year. Um, usually we have that conversation whenever I am ready to have it. And that's usually not until maybe November or with the years it started being postponed until January, um, 
having that conversation just postponed after uh, Christmas and New Year's. And then I'm ready to have that talk. It doesn't mean that I'm not training. Uh, the other time I'm always training and I'm getting ready, but I need to feel how am I physically, how am I mentally, am I ready to go through all of this? And is my family ready to go through all of this? Because they do as well. Like my parents have to have been to the CrossFit games every single year since 2009 until this year, they would have been there if it wouldn't have been for the U S being closed. Um, so like they've been a big part of my journey. They're maybe not the ones to make the decision or, my mom, she's affected it, uh, but they <laughs> always support whatever decision I make. It's more me and Frederick. Yami, my coach, he's yep. always going to support whatever decision I make because he he's always ready. He's ready to take it to the next level and help me figure out if there's things that I'm going through or injuries or whatever that is. Like I know that he's going to figure it out, but it's me and Frederick that ultimately need to make that make that call. And he's always been ridiculously supportive. So, well, I'm looking forward to whatever decision that is, you know, in the future, <laughs> hearing about it. But I, I, I want to back up for a second. You said something I think is really important. One of my goals is looking at some of these CrossFit Games athletes. And when someone asks, hey, how many athletes, or I guess I'm going to ask you this question. How many athletes do you think at the CrossFit Games make a full-time living off of CrossFit? And what I mean by that is it could be prize purse, it could be sponsorships, but how many people do you think, men and women, which... By the way, CrossFit's one of those very unique sports, which I think is great, not very unique, but a unique sport where the men and women, at, at least at the games, get paid the exact same, which I think is awesome, of course. Yes. Um, but from a, from a high point of view, how many athletes do you think make a full-time living? Let's say a full-time living is, for the sake of this argument, I don't know, $60,000 a year, uh, US dollar a year. How many, how many athletes do you think make that across the sport of CrossFit? I think it's really hard to tell, to be honest. I think there's too few. Too few. Um, yes, I think there might be quite a few that are making it by, but they're not saving anything for a future or anything like that. I think they're just making it by. Um, I think a lot of them are then either affiliate owners or coaching at affiliates, which makes the work hours work so that they can uh, train and compete. So they are making some extra money on the side. Um, it's really hard for me to guess, but I would maybe say half of the athletes, not even half of the athletes that qualify for the CrossFit games, I right. think are making like a full-time living out of it. I have a feeling that it's more on the female side than on the male side. Um, mainly because of sponsorships, uh, women are just more active um when it comes to those things i that's like my gut feeling i think you're probably right i could I, I agree with you yeah um but yeah obviously you need to look at like i think soccer american football basketball like these sports yes the athletes are making significantly more than we are but it's also it comes down to views uh, and how popular the sport is. I think CrossFit is extremely popular and it has the potential uh, to have more and more views. I don't think it's been run uh, perfectly for that to happen. And they've been afraid to make, or afraid they haven't wanted to make stars in the sport, uh, which I also think is a mistake. That's how you get more people 
competing, not necessarily stars, but like someone to represent the sport properly. Um, And I have a feeling it's changing. I have a strong feeling it's changing and it's going to be run more like a business. So hopefully more and more athletes are going to gain more. It was nice with sanctionals when they were here uh, that um, the price purse started going up for athletes. However, it was very bad for spectators. Um, but it would be nice to see that the athletes, like you look at, I was I was just watching uh, some of the semifinals and I'm looking at the athletes competing there. And I know the work that goes into 100%. being there. Yep. The hours and the, the sleeping, the eating, like there's so much work that goes into this. And okay, maybe not for the U.S. athletes, but for international athletes, like it's also expensive to travel for some of these events, hotel and all of that. Um, and I'm looking at it and it's five, four, three, two, one that they win top five. Right. Win that. So fifth place, get $1,000. Right. And qualifies right. for the CrossFit Games. And I'm like, these are so fit athletes that have worked their ass off and yes it's amazing to compete at the games and there you have a chance of winning even more and obviously it's also sponsors and everything that's supported but that's pathetic so what would you do to solve that because one would say from a business perspective and you're super super smart i love talking business with you and and you look at it very from a realistic perspective one would say hey we can only afford to give five four three two one because that's what the that's what the, the sport dictates right now. That's how many viewers. That's how much revenue we're generating. And so what would you say, um, not even from an HQ perspective, we'll put that on the corner, from an athlete perspective, let's just say you could talk to Annie Thor's daughter from 2010, right? What would you do? Because you've navigated this really well. Not only have you stayed at a high-level performer, so you've gotten prize purse, and you've gotten significant sponsorship dollars because, again, you're one of the most decorated ever. Um, you're, you're an anomaly, right? You've just been very successful for a very long time. Um, but you also have your, your, your gym back home, which is, uh, I want to know how it's doing, but, and you have other business ventures. So if you could go back and tell any athletes getting into the sport now, is there any type of recommendation you would give them to kind of lay a framework and a foundation so that they one day could build a home of their own, like you guys are, and be able to have financial success. What recommendation would you give someone who's just getting into the sport from a high level perspective? That's actually really hard. I don't really have the solution for it. Recommendation that I will give myself is start Instagram sooner, Annie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, I think... I think being open and honest about your training and what you're doing is really important. I think being a good role model is extremely important for the athletes that are trying to make it like, look, think about, um, imagine that people are already looking at you before they are looking at you. Um, and then I think coverage from HQ perspective, coverage could just be better. We could have more storytelling, um, following, I think like a point 
season or system would be great where we follow the athletes and their stories a little bit better. Uh, and there the athletes can then, that's where the athletes get to shine. That's like, we need to help and support each other uh, on that journey. Being with someone else that has the following and like supporting each other. I think even the athletes can look at it that way. I think, um, especially women, what we tend to struggle with is that if, if someone else is doing really good, then I'm not going to do really good. Right. And that's just not the truth. We help each other by pulling each other up. Like just because someone else got a good sponsorship, some other girl doesn't mean that I'm not going to get it. It means it's breaking barriers hundred percent, for the other athletes. And I think that's like the way that we need to think so that we can help each other grow as a sport. If that yeah. makes sense. No, I agree with you. I mean, when Rich signed his major deal with Reebok, it definitely laid the framework for you and I, I think, if I'm not yes. mistaken. And yes. that was huge. And I was cheering him along the whole way. Or you take Tia's new deal with Noble, or not new, but a couple of years old, right? What framework did that put down? Or whoever it was with Noble, right? Who laid this framework and just, like you said, glass ceiling, just breaking it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a difficult question because I want to see the sport continue to thrive, but this sport, unlike many others, it requires so much time that it's difficult yeah. to do additional things. And so, speaking of additional things, how has your gym been doing? I know that you've done a great job delegating that. You're 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 not necessarily in the gym every single day. Obviously, you're in Denmark, which is great. Um, yes. How how is the gym? How did Iceland get affected? In particular, your gym which was thriving because of COVID and how is it doing now? Um, obviously we got hit like everyone else. We had to close the doors and all that. It was fine for the first closing and then we open. And then when you close again, it's like, then it's harder for people to discontinue. Um, we have quite the overhead that we have to pay off and um, a lot of coaches that we want to make sure that we keep on payroll and uh, continue supporting as well. But the government has also been great in helping out. Unfortunately, we had to get some of the help from the government. Like I, I would want to not do that um, and just be able to make it through. Um, but we've we've done good. Like our members have been great throughout the whole thing, and I believe that we've given fantastic. Um, service as well throughout the whole thing we rented out all our gear and obviously we had a lot of gear so all kettlebells dumbbells rowers runners bikes like barbells and bumpers everything almost went out we just left enough for three uh four people to be able to train at the gym um left there and i love that's most people came and got some equipment and I right. love that everything sold out everywhere because people want to stay active and continue moving. And a lot of them then continued also to pay membership fees. And now it's kind of just back to normal. We had outside classes when we were allowed to have that. We did home workouts, life and the other, I actually feel like I was really busy throughout COVID because oh, I usually yeah. don't teach a lot of classes. Because you're probably trying to COVID, navigate. I was like, yeah. okay, everything can be do done through online. And I'm like, I want to make sure that people stay active. So if I can help in any way, then I am going to do so. Um, so yeah, I feel like that was 
and I was pregnant, it was probably one of the more busier that I have been <laughs> with shooting and recording and doing stuff. But we're doing great now. We're up to very similar numbers as we were at. So we're closing in on 1500 again. And yeah, doing doing great. That's a huge community. You know, when I think about the greatest gift that we can as gym owners, right, it's like, we want to be able to impact as many members and then go out and go do really cool stuff. So for me, yes. I'm a big advocate for blood drives and supporting pediatric cancer and things like that. But you guys are growing this community that is getting impacted by your coaches and then you can go off and go do really cool stuff. And so I think what you're doing is awesome to have that many members, to have that big of a community. It's just a testament to whatever you guys are doing there. There's some secret sauce. And so just keep, keep doing whatever you're doing because it's great. I think one of the coolest things was actually, so we did Facebook live classes yeah. um, as well for like the kids. And then we did Facebook live for the elderly that were like close groups. And the most active group was the elderly. Really? Yes. Do you think it's because the golden... they realized that COVID kind of could play a pretty big impact on their fitness and they want to take what's in their I control? I think so. Yeah. yeah. And they were isolated. Like they were isolating themselves maybe from family and, and more. And there they got to see each other. They were like so active on the chatting chains. And when we were allowed to open the doors, I was worried that they wouldn't want to come because they were worried about COVID. They were, they were the first ones through the door. Oh, I they love were that. like, we have to see people. We have to stay active. It was that to me is inspiring. Like that is amazing. That's yeah. what, where I want to be. I mean, you're a phenomenal advocate for fitness. There's been no question for a really long time. And, you know, you seem like you're, you're taking a little bit of, a, I'm, maybe I'm asking this question is, have you found yourself at the games taking a little bit more now that you've been very, very seasoned of uh, almost a little bit more of a mentorship role with some of the people behind the scenes? Um, and if so, you know, what type of examples do you have? Because I think that that's so important. Um, to lay the framework for the future. You know, I think that someone like yourself who's still in the actual competition, even just the little things you say can have such a profound impact on people. Have you found yourself leaning more towards that than maybe five, seven years ago? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I don't like when you say that I'm so seasoned. I'm like, how old am I? You're super young. <laughs> but I am. You're 31, am right? I'm 31. <laughs> yeah, you you are super seasoned. You're just a you're just a badass who's been in the sport since you were 20. You know. <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, no, but yeah, I I can definitely feel that. Um, it's hard to affect people while they're at the games because people need to stay in their own and play their own game there, and like they think that you might be playing mind games with them and whatnot but I think trying to lead by example is important there and yes obviously I'm focused when I'm competing and all of that but I've started being way more open to just chatting with others if I feel like someone is like down or something I'm definitely up for just like all right just this event like it's done shake it off and go on to the next one and there I feel like I always go back to like me and Katrin but I have learned so much from my relationship with her and how, how much athletes can support and help each other, even if they're a comp like a competition when it comes down to it. Um, because that's how I used to be. I didn't want to train with any other girls because I'm like, 
I'm just going to make them better. I don't want to make right. anyone else better because then it's going to be harder for me. Um, but that's not how it works. Yes, I might make them better, but they also make me better and we become better together and stronger together. Like, it's funny. We look at, I look at Frederick sometimes and he's training and used to look at him that way. And he's training with BK and with some other guys. And he's like helping them at the same time. He's always had that like coaching instinct in himself, but helping and giving tips and they like beat each other. Whoever beats in the workouts, like, Oh damn, that, that sucked. But then it's like, okay, it's okay. That was now that workout is done. And we go to the next thing. It doesn't like sit over them. Well, I'm like, don't share these tips. Don't be sharing all of that but, stuff. Yeah. It's secret. Now it's like, no, obviously I'm not sharing everything, but I do think that I want to share everything. I want to, especially once I step down, I want to share everything that I've learned and I've started doing so. And I feel, I feel like it's my duty after all of this time to yeah. share the things that I have learned so that others don't have to make those mistakes. And I've started being really open about the way that I think about things. Um, the way that I work myself through things, the issues that I might have uh, that might hopefully then help other people that have those issues. Because honestly, like we all have something that we're battling with and that's difficult and people don't get to see that. And I think it's important that people see that part as well, because we are not perfect and we shouldn't always strive to be perfect and we should make the mistakes and learn from them and it's it's okay to make mistakes but then we should learn and then it's okay for me to teach Katrin and for her to teach me and for me to teach other girls at the games like it's it's fine when it comes yeah. down to it it's yes we're all competing but we're also pulling each other up at the same time well, and that's how everybody evolves too. And I think yes. that, you know, if you just took what you just said and you put in like a two minute soundbite, that's why I think you're going to be running for the, is it prime, uh, excuse my, like, where would you start if you want to get into government in Iceland where you live? What, what would be the first step? Mayor or? What yeah, is the, probably go for like the city first. City mayor. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Like uh, city government or the mayor. Yeah. yeah. The All mayor. right. Well, I, I, you know, because you have that mentality, right, of pulling each other up and, and, and being kind of open-minded, I think that's huge. And so I think what you're doing for the sport is incredible. I think raising other women up and trying to create opportunities is incredible. Um, obviously, whatever you and Frederick and your coach and your team are doing is working because your consistency has been incredible. I know you're out uh, in Denmark. I can see it getting darker and darker wherever you're at. I know you're going to get back to your family. Um, but I do want to ask um, – what are the plans? So aside from spending time with the family for the next like month or, you know, a couple months before you make the decision. So you haven't made the decision yet about competing next year or have you already made that decision? No, 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 no. I'm okay. not even, mine isn't even going there yet. Got it. And so, you know, you've been involved in so many different business ventures from, well, I remember like Rhino Co. And like, I, I, I remember you being involved yeah. in so many different things. Grid League, even for a little bit, right? You're involved with. Yes. You've, you've been so open. Fun. You've been open to doing different things, which I think has been incredible, right? Um, any any business ventures on the horizon? Anything that's like really exciting right now? Obviously, the family's exciting, of yes. course. But any additional business things that you could kind of let me know about that I'm curious? I don't know how much I can actually like share of those things, oh, but yes, oh, I have the top so many. Juice. Come on. <laughs> I have so many things that I'm like 
extremely excited about that I'm starting to spend like it's it's funny after so many years yes you get sponsored by other companies and uh you help build them up but at a certain point I I also want to build something that's mine like I have yep very strong opinions and I've had the privilege of getting to choose the companies that I work with so I'm not forced to work with someone that I don't believe in or don't want to use. So that's definitely a privilege that I've got. But now I also, I have strong opinions and I want to create something myself. And we're definitely creating something. Me and Katrin, we're doing some incredible things together. And I'm so excited uh, to share some of it. Like there's, there's like these different things. I don't know, like, I don't know what I'm actually allowed to say, but all the way from like, we, we, okay. I'm just gonna blurt it out. We wrote the most incredible children book. Oh, that is amazing. Is it called the daughters? No, it's not. It's not. We haven't decided the title actually. And it's not like fully ready yet, but the story, like I could not be prouder of of the book than I am right now. Like I am so proud of it and I'm so excited to share it. And then we're making, we're making other things for fitness uh, that we've been working on for a long time now. Like some, some really cool things. Uh, I'll let you stop at the book because I think that I don't want to put you in an uncomfortable position, but I think from a book (laughs) perspective, that is so powerful because I can only imagine what it is. And if I guess it's empowering people, women, everybody to but but from a from a children's book perspective, to lay a framework of how to treat people, your work ethic, uh, things like that. Is that what it touches based on? I imagine it does. Yes, it does. It touches Huge. based on. So I've been thinking for a long time how I can change the world in a positive way. How can I have an effect in a positive way? And yes, I have my social media and I can do certain things there and I can try to share what I believe is a good thing, but I want to reach more and I want to do more. And honestly, it starts with the kids ah. and that's where you can really affect people and teach. And I think grownups can also learn a lot from it at the same time. And yeah, so this is something that me and Catherine have had a lot of conversations about and has taken, I would say years to finally get into what it is right now. Um, And then something else that I am really excited to dive more into and teach more is teaching uh, women a little bit more about how we should train uh, around our menstrual cycle. It's definitely not enough information out there and it needs to be out there. And I am for sure diving into that and teaching men. Um, And at the same time, how to train for women when they go through menopause, peri and post-menopause. It's extremely important stuff that is just not out there. I've been studying it quite a lot because most of the studies that are done on supplementation and training are just done on men. And because it's so much simpler than women because of our hormonal cycle and everything that we go through. So they just push us to the side and we're just small men. Uh, so I've been doing that, those courses, like women are not small men and just learning and diving, super diving into it. And 
I think it's just so important stuff that is not talked enough about. And somehow it's like awkward and tough to talk about and it should be out there. Yeah. And, and so first off, I think that'd be a perfect conversation to have with the ladies from uh, the women making waves because they would be more relatable to it. I just watched (laughs) the way my wife goes through that process and it's very difficult. It's something that I can't relate to as a man. And I think it's a really, really important subject. I imagine it's probably way more, it's really taboo and people don't really talk about it. Um, but I think it's a really important subject based on what you're saying. And so a couple things. It's I'm, honestly crazy. Women competing at the games, they're not even making sure that they're competing at the right time during their menstrual cycle, which I think is mind blowing. Like that we're still there. It can make such a big difference. And yeah. Women are supposed to take 30 grams of protein post-training while men are supposed to take 20 grams of protein. Like it's, it's simple things that are just not out there. So yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm irritated that this information isn't more accessible. (laughs) I wish that I could provide some level of back and forth here, but I'm going to take this one (laughs) and just say, Hey, I think it's a phenomenal cause. I think that for sure it makes an impact. I don't know what it feels like, but I think that, (laughs) You know, this is, this is why I really love talking to you. It's because you have so much depth to you. You're a great person who want to go out there and make a big impact. And I think the children's book, I think you hit the nail on the head. Social media is a great tool. You can share positivity and you can do these different things. Awesome. But if you can make an impact on children, like I'm seeing that firsthand with my children, right? My son is seven, my daughter's 10. And we've had quite a bit of exposure to a lot of children um, due to the work that we do with pediatric cancer. So we support that heavily. And when you see some of these kids and you look at the children's books that are available, there are some good books available, but I think something like what you're talking about could be a game changer for the parents and the students, children, because it gives them an easy way to communicate information. When, when Ava was first diagnosed, we read this book about how to like talk to your children about cancer. And it was a really, really great tool because I was able to communicate something that was important to me, to her through a book that we read. And I look at almost what you're talking about the exact same way, right? You, you have something that the parent sees value in and you want to be able to describe it to your child in such a way, but they use this story in this book as like a, kind of like a framework to build off of. And I think what you're doing is incredible. So however I could support, please let me know, because I think it's really, really important work you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're all like, is there other things? I'm like, there are so many things that I've been waiting to work on and do. Yeah. Well, that one in particular, <laughs> I could definitely, definitely, the menstrual cycle thing, uh, I'll probably just, uh, you know, <laughs> observe and, and listen, but I don't know if I have any insight there, but I would love to help out on the, on the, just promote the, when the kid's book is available. So, um, for, for people who are listening, who want to know more about you, your background, I mean, a lot of people know where to find you, but what's the best place to go? Is it, is it Instagram? Is it any Thor's daughter on Instagram? Yeah, I would say Instagram is probably the easiest, um, where I share the most of my stuff. I tend to share things on YouTube. It's more like when I want to go into depth on something. Uh, but Instagram is where I'm at the most. I love it. Well, hey, like I said, I've been able to watch it get dark where you're at. And I will let you get back to your family. Thank you so much for taking the time. You, your beautiful family. Enjoy the rest of your night and uh, keep crushing it. I always love talking to you. I look forward to chatting again soon. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks.